Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega-church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we have in you to serve you, to receive your word. Lord, we ask you to guide us by your Holy Spirit. Lead us. Bless us. Help us. We thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 4. My subject this morning is Christians in the hands of an angry God. How many don't want to fall into the hands of an angry God? Then you have to listen very carefully to today to what I'm sharing. Amen. How many know that there are few times where the Bible says God was angry? Very few times. Alright? And I want us to learn something in the life of Moses because I told you to read it for your homework. Have you been reading Moses? Okay. Now, Exodus chapter 4 verse 1. And Moses answered and said, Behold, but they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? You see, God told Moses, Go, I'm sending you. Amen. Alright? Look at Exodus chapter 3. Alright? Verse 18. It says, And they shall hearken to thy voice and thou shalt come thou and the elders of Israel and you shall say to them the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us let us go three days into the uh, wilderness is that not so this is the story of Moses back to chapter 4 verse 1 alright now we are on verse 2 and the Lord said unto him what is that in thine hand alright and he said a rod and he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. Okay? And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. Verse 5 that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. Verse 6. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Now put thine hand into thy bosom. What is your bosom? Your breast. <laughs> okay. Bosom. Okay. Now, and he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, his hand was leprous as snow. 
And he said unto him, you know, when you say leprous, like rashes. He had a lot of skin rashes on his hands. This type of flaky rashes. Have you seen that type of rash where it becomes flaky? Yeah, crocodile type of skin. But flaky, it's coming off like scales. And he said, put thy hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand again into his bosom, plucked it out of his bosom, and it was turned again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass, that's verse 8, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of thy first sign. They will believe the voice of the second sign. Everybody say, the voice of the sign. The and it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, and pour it upon the dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech, and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Okay, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seen, or the blind? Have I not the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and I will teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, Oh my Lord, I pray, send thee by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. In other words, send somebody else. Here am I, send him. Here am I, send them. Send somebody else. Alright? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Christians in the hands of an angry God. How Christians fall into the hands of an angry God. Amen. And then he said, Is this not Aaron the Levi thy brother? I know that he can speak well, and also he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in thy heart. Thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. Alright? Now, Christians must avoid falling into the hands of an angry God. Because God does get angry. Alright? Now, one of the reasons why Christians fall into the hands of an angry God, okay, is basically because they do not believe that they are called by God. That is how you can fall into the hands of an angry God. Remember again that I did not write the Bible. Can you hear me outside? Can you hear me clearly? Should I increase the volume? If I should increase the volume, raise up your hand. Okay, good. Now, one of the reasons why Christians fall into the hands of the angry God, right, as we are seeing here, is not because of our lusts. How many have been suffering from lusts? Okay. How many have been suffering from other problems? Huh? What other problems have you been suffering from? <laughs> Laziness. And what other problems? Lastful thoughts. Oh. Yeah, mobile. And what else? Wickedness. Anger. Bitterness. 
Depression. Small girl like you, you are depressed. Now, you realize that God became angry with Moses. When Moses committed murder, okay, God, the, the Bible that does it, and God was angry with Moses. When Moses killed somebody, God was not angry with him. Not that he, God likes murder, but you, you read, you don't read there that God was angry with Moses. In fact, the Bible, most of the Bible was written by three murderers. Almost the whole Bible was written by three murderers. Murderer number one, Moses. He wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Five. Okay. The second murderer was King David, who wrote most of the Psalms. Now he slept with somebody's wife and killed the husband of the wife. Which I, I, I do you know any pastor who has slept with somebody's wife and killed the husband, murdered the husband in addition. The third murderer was Paul, Saul, breathing threats, and he was on his way even to go and commit more murders after he had killed Stephen and others. He was going to kill more people. Paul said, I was a blasphemer and I was injurious. So, the Bible, most of the Bible was written by three murderers, past murderers. So, you see, the Bible, the Bible says that God knows our frame. You, you don't have to live long to see how bad you are. You never teach your child, okay, I'm going to teach you how to lie. You must lie like this. Is that when they say this, you say that. No, it becomes natural. You see, the child is small. It's lying. How many realize that is how you were? You naturally... The Bible says, my mother conceived me in sin. I was conceived in sin. So, God is not... It's not that God is endorsing or accepting our wickedness. But our frame is such that um, you know, if you leave this hall, if we close this hall and leave it closed for some weeks, when you come in here, you shouldn't be angry at the dust and the decay. Because the things are like that. If you just close it down and don't use it for a short while, you just won't believe how everything will become. But you can't be angry because the things on earth are decaying. They are corrupting. And they are corrupt. Are you with me? So you are a certain way. And I am a certain way. We are all a certain way. This is not really what makes God angry. Because in a certain sense, we have inherited the sins that we are walking in. We have inherited a kind of flesh that we are walking in. Those of you who desire men, young boys, you, you are a young girl, you desire a beloved so much. You desire a brother. Do you understand? I mean... It is actually the fulfillment of a curse which you are under. You get it? Yeah. It's a curse. It's a punishment. When the, God told Eve, your desire shall be for the man 
It was a punishment. He came to punish and he read out all the punishment. Number one, you will do this, do this, and this your punishment that you you like men. I like boys. That's why I say that girls like boys more than boys like girls. What a shock. And an aftershock. Are you there? So God is actually interested in something else. And many Christians, especially by the time they leave school, fall into the hands not of a God who is pleased with them, but of a God who is angry and has been forced to choose people he wouldn't have chosen. This is what angers God. I mean, read your Bible. The Bible says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled. Again, it was sparked against Moses. That is why Aaron came into the picture. And you can see that Aaron was a very dangerous person. Is the person who built that calf. And then God came and killed all the people. And if Moses had just accepted the call, all these problems that we saw would not have, because they would not have had such a person who had been given authority and power to mislead the people. And God didn't even mind Aaron. When he came, he killed all the people. He left Aaron. He was like, Aaron was a mulligan. He has not even considered using Aaron. Do you understand what is a mulligan? A mulligan is when you are playing golf and you play the ball and they just, it just goes somewhere. Sometimes they will say, oh, it's a mulligan. That means it's non-scoring. It's like we will not add it to the score. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen your mistake. So everyone was a mulligan, like a non-scoring person. God wasn't even thinking of him. But you are not a mulligan. You are somebody that God is calling just like Moses. You are the last day Moses. Hey! I said you are the last day Moses. You are the Moseses that God is going to use to deliver a lot of people. So how many do not want to fall into the hands of an angry God? So that after school, God will say, I'm angry with you. You will work you will aim, I say, I'll be a millionaire, I'll be this, I'll be this. All, all will come to nothing. You will have dreams, marriage, this, that, all your dreams will come to nothing. If you don't want to fall into the hands of an angry God, then you must do the opposite of what Moses did. Because we can see it took 14 verses to bring out God's anger. Just 14, he was angry by verse 14. Just 14 verses and he was angry. Are you with me? So 13 verses of nonsense brought out verse 14, which was God's anger. So let us now look at the things you must not do Especially in relation to God calling you. Okay? So number one, if you look at verse 4, chapter 4, verse 1, then the first thing you must not do as a Christian, so as you do not fall into the hands of an angry God, he said, but behold, they will not believe me. Now, do not, number one, do not consider yourself 
unbelievable. God can make you believable. God can use you. They will not believe me. And then the number two, they will not hearken. Don't think to yourself, no one will listen to me or follow me in my ministry or my life. No. God is going to make you somebody whom people will believe. And number two, he's going to make you somebody whom people will follow and hearken to. Amen. Then number three, he says, they will not believe that the Lord has appeared unto you. That is, the third one is that you don't, don't think that people will not believe your calling. Because there is always somebody who believes in your calling. There's always somebody. He says, they will not believe that the Lord has appeared unto me. Not everybody believes you are called. But there is always somebody who believes in your calling. That's how callings are. Callings are like that. If you look at uh, Central Gospel, which is a good church, and you see their leader, Dr. Odeville, many years ago, I was, I was, he used to preach, he used to come here, we did not have a church then. He preached here in Lagon. I saw him preaching. One time I was preaching, he was wearing sunglasses in a room, and very powerful message of faith. Very, very powerful. And he started a church they, they, at Kanda, and they went to Bedimpawa Hall. A lot of people who used to work at ministries in Accra started to go to the Bedimpawa Hall. And a lot of people, you see, believed in his calling and went to join him. And, and I know some of them up to today, they have been with him. And, but I know a lot of people who also didn't go. Because in those days, we were a student, it was like people worked ministries and so on. A lot of people were going there. Even students from this campus, some of them went there. That's when they started. When I started also, there were some people who believed in my calling. A few people. And you see, you, you ask, because I know that not everybody believes in your calling, I always value the few people that believe in my calling. So what God was saying, what Moses was saying, nobody will not believe the Lord has appeared to me. To believe that the Lord has appeared to me is to believe that the person has actually heard from God. So, you don't have to expect the whole world. Up till today, there are people who don't believe that I'm called. Some say, oh, he's just an administrator. And so, he's just, a, he's just a teacher. Oh, he's a white man. That is why he's doing this. Oh, his mother is from here. So, because of that, they, the people have to, One day, somebody was watching me on television and said, ah, is this preaching? This is not preaching. This is not preaching. And they turn off the turn of the remote. Turn to another channel. So this is not preaching. Somebody and me preach said this is not preaching, it's talking. It's just talking. Because I once said I can understand it. How can this be preaching? Because I can understand what he's saying. What a shock. What a shock. What a shock. What a shock. I see when I'm shocking, they think I'm not called. But there are some people who like shocking. And the aftershocks too, they are flowing with the aftershock. But you see, there are some people, they don't like such things. It's like, they are very formal, they are always depressed, they are always quiet. They are very strict, formal. Hey! <laughs> are you listening to me? Yeah. So, you, you, you don't have to think. 
People will not believe my calling. Oh, there is always somebody. Like, you know, when I met Bishop Saki, he believed in my calling. But Bishop Eddie, I was in this room here, H5. And Bishop Eddie was in H5. I was in K30. I used to sit between these two rows here and we talk. And I talk about my dream about in the call, the ministry. I'll do this. It was on this campus. I'll talk to, I'll talk to my beloved. I said, one day I'll, I'll, be, I'll sit. I want to be like Jesus. I'll sit on the hand. I'll be teaching. People will be listening to me. Yeah. You see, when you are a beloved, you have fantastic dreams. Are you listening? So it's very important that you 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 do that. Now, verse ten. The next reason I've given you three reasons why three things you mustn't do, isn't it? Don't say what unbelievable. No, nobody can believe, and when you minister, nobody will believe. No, there are, there are people who believe. Number two is that what? No one will follow you. There will be some people, by all means, who will follow you. Even in if you go to class three, class four, you see among the little children. There are leaders who few people gather around. Always like that. If somebody is in class three, the person can get followers. What about you? You can also get followers. Okay. Now, the next one is what? Don't. Don't think that's the people because somebody will believe your call. The next one. Don't say I am not. Don't say I am not eloquent. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm not that. I'm not the public type. I'm not the speaking type. Who is the public type? Who is the public type? Who is the speaking type? Who, who, do, who do you think has been given that? If you want to see a private person, I am more private than you can ever imagine. It's true. I don't like public things at all. Yeah. I don't like public things at all. I'm very quiet. I stay to myself. That's how I was in school. And I'm still like that. What a shock. But when I see people who believe in my calling, I start talking. They stimulate me to speak. Yeah. So don't say I'm not, I'm not eloquent, I'm not this, I'm not that. No. The, otherwise you will fall into the hands of an angry God. God will be angry with you or you will get a job at SSV but God is angry with you. Every day when you go, you swipe your card, you have entered, you see God is angry with you. You will get a job at Virgin Atlantic but God will be very angry with you in that Virgin Atlantic that you are working. You will go to America, God will be angry with you. Every day he is angry with you. And he has to choose somebody else who he shouldn't have chosen. One day the Lord was showing me something about Bishop Duncan Williams. He said, look at this man. He has never been to school before. He has to, when he always says, he says, I have no classmates. What, what he's not trying to say he has no equal. What he means is that he, he was not in any class. He was not in any school. Or in any class that you say that these are my mates. 
That's what he means by he has no class. One day he said he was on a flight with some American White House person and he told the person that he has not been to school. The guy said, you are the biggest liar. You are the biggest liar on earth. He said, I've not been to school before. This somebody who goes to the White House, this, that, that, ambassadors, president, all the time he's like that, all the time. A couple of days ago, he was telling you, he was going to the president, he said, I should come. I said, no, I'm going to Kaswa. <laughs> but he's, he's always interacting with at such levels. Hey! <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> Are you listening? Now you see, God was looking for good educated people. Nice people like you who went to Legon. Yeah, who were in uh, uh, Legon Hall and Vota Hall and Commonwealth Hall and nice halls and who had good backgrounds. Do you see? And, and, and he couldn't find such nice people like you. Because when he called nice people like you with good backgrounds who did philosophy, archaeology, and what other courses do you do? Huh? French. French. Psychology. And what again? Huh? Radiography. Oceanography. Hey! Oceanography. He had people like you who did oceanography. And he was calling. You said, no. And God got angry and said, look, I've got somebody who hasn't been to school. He used to, Bishop Duncan William used to sell PK. Do you know PK? Chewing gum, PK. He used to sell PK at Opera Square. Some one of the boys you see selling, selling PK. He used to push, when you arrive at the airport, he comes to pick your suitcases. In those days, you have to have people, they pick your suitcases and then you pay them. It was one of the boys who would be running. Oh, 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 give me, give me. That's him. But you see, there were good people with education who could read. He could not even write his name Nicholas. So you see, this is why God gets angry. And that is why a great judgment falls on people who criticize God's servants. Because God in his anger could not... That's why sometimes you look at Aaron. You ask, why didn't Aaron also die? Is he not the one who even showed them how to make a golden cow? And you realize that it's like people who have no business in the work of God are forced to work out of God's anger. So when you provoke God, as you criticize many of the people whom you may be criticizing, I tell you, you'll be surprised that God's anger will be, he's already he's angry. When there's an angry person around, when you start saying something, instead of, do you know how I have to bring this person? I give you an example. I said, if you take Dr. Otabel, I was a student here. When he was, a, he was coming around, he was not a student. His education is up to O level. I don't think he did A level. He's up to O level. And he was walking around on this campus. He had no job, no school, no matter, just finished moving here. I was here then. He would come, he would give a teaching here and there. He was a leader of a fellowship. But the people who are here, the goody goodies, 
correct people who have education, university, they will not want to do it. So God takes the foolish things of the world, things that are not, things that are despised, and he makes them into such great things. You see, and that's why I'm here talking to you this morning. I want you to listen to me that, look, God will be angry with you if when he calls you and he's encouraging you, start coming up with this cock and bull story, I can't talk, I am this, I am that, and you start looking at your background, and start looking at who you are, I'm a lady, I'm this, I'm that, I'm whatever. But God wants to work with you, God wants to use you. Why do you think you are alive? After you are born again, what are you doing here? The next step is heaven. From here to heaven is only troubles. Once you are saved, from here onwards, it's trouble till you die. And if you don't take it, you may even backslide and go to hell. And you may even lose your salvation. So it's very dangerous to be on earth. The best would be for you to go to heaven now. Are you listening to me? So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to believe me and listen to me that let us not fall into the hands of an angel. Stop saying, I cannot this, I cannot this, I am not this, I am not this. God wants you. God is looking for large day Moses. Yes. And if you yield yourself, God will use you. Amen. Amen. Now, read on. He said, I am not eloquent. The next one, what verse was that? Verse 10. I am not eloquent and I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. In other words, I'm dull. I'm slow. I'm dull. I'm stupid. I'm not so clever. If God can use people who haven't been to school, then God can use you because look at you. You are not slow. You are able to pass. Even if with the apple, it takes even some small intelligence to use apple to pass the exam. But when you have a point, you are so stupid, you still cannot pass. Because all the schools that, the Saito schools and others that, they all have a point. They, the teachers give them the exam all the time because they are always criticized that they are always bombing. How many of you saw a point before you came? Tell the truth, we are in church. Raise your hand if you have seen a point. original apple. <laughs> you saw it and you came. And you are sitting here as though you are clever. <laughs> but I will say that the greatest difficulty that we have as Christians is when we look at ourselves. That's the last and the most important thing. Number seven. Is that the number seven? Number six, I've given, you, I've given you many already. Don't look at yourself when God calls you. Don't look at yourself. If you look at yourself, no, you won't go anywhere. <laughs> Don't look at yourself. Because yourself, when you look at yourself, you will not see much good. But how many realize that it's not easy to not see yourself? Yourself is the major reason why you are not being able to do much for God. It's because you are looking at yourself. So Moses was looking at himself. 
when he should have been looking at God and listening to what God is saying. He will say, I'm eloquent, eloquent, I'm slow, they won't believe me, I'm like this, I'm like this, I'm like this, I'm like this. Now, it is not easy. How many have committed some sins before? Look, I will close my eyes, I will not look. How many have told lies before? Please, I, I can't even see, but I can imagine all hands are outside. I, I can't see. I, I, I can't see this red girl, this lady in the red shirt. I can't see. Hey! Please, have you told a lie before? Raise your hand so that I can be sure that I'm in the good company. Good. How many have hated somebody before? Outside, let me look again and see. The sister in the red has also raised her hand for that. <laughs> Bible says when you hate your brother, you are a murderer. That means you are murderers. Yeah. Some of you, your beloved broke up with your certain boy, whatever, and you hate the guy. Raise your hand if you have experienced a hatred like that before. Yeah. One day, I saw a certain sister she was supposed to get married to a certain brother. And they were always in relationship for years and years. One day I called the brother, I called the sister, I said, why are you not marrying? She said, I don't know, ask for me, I'm ready to marry. So, after another year, I called the brother, I said, brother, why will you not be marrying this sister? She's a beautiful girl, blah, blah, blah. She said, he said, she, he said, Bishop, before I met this girl, I was a virgin. This girl has made me to lose my virginity. What a shock. I said, a shock. And I don't know. He said, I'm just, I just there's something, she, there's something. So I realized that the guy was bitter. And he never married her. Yeah. So you may be bitter and hate somebody that makes you a murderer. How many have uh, stolen something before? Raise your hand. Hey. Oh, this brother has not stolen something before. Are the people outside, have there been thieves there before among them? Look at these sisters. They look very beautiful and holy, but they have also been teasing. Have you stolen meat from your mother's soup before? Wow. How many have committed fornication before? Don't lift your hand. You wait. I want to see those outside. How many have committed fornication before? Yeah. How many have looked at somebody and you were lasting after the person? Sometimes you look at somebody preaching, instead of listening to the message, you are, you are admiring the person. Oh, what a shock. What a shock. Are there any fornicators here? You, are, you, you know yourself. Oh. If you look at these things, and it's not easy to forget them, but I'm going to show you a great secret. Okay? about these realities of your life. How to handle it. Because you always seem to see them. 
And you can say, don't look at it, but look at the, look at the call. Don't look at it, but look at the call. But you always see, you see, when you, when you even close your eyes, you remember, say, hmm. One day, a certain sister was singing. She was a singer of a pastor, a friend of mine. In the middle of the singing, something changed a little, but only the, the pastor knew her. So he asked, after that, he called, he said, what happened? He said, you were singing very well. The people wouldn't know because you need to know something before you can see there's a difference in the singing. So the singing changed in the middle. So he called and said, what happened? She bowed and said, Pastor, you know, when I was singing, I remembered something. And in the middle of the song, I became confused. Because she had a flashback of something. How many have been having certain flashbacks? This is how the devil works. For instance, if you want, if they want you to become a spy in the KGB, that is what they use. They come to you with a video of yourself as a homosexual with somebody. Nobody knows that you are a homosexual. Who is changing my sound? Did you touch my sound? Be careful, okay? Give me volume. If, if, if they want to recruit you in the KGB, I was, I was watching a, a, a former KGB said, this is how they do it. They come to you and show this is a picture of you. You are homosexual. Nobody knows. This is your wife, this is your this, 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 this. We have all this. We want you to work for us. Will you work or not? <laughs> or some, something like that of any of your sins or something secret that they know about you. They have the file and they show you this the DVD, they show you yourself, you see yourself jumping. Ah! My goodness! And then they recruit you to work in the KGB. That's one of the ways. The other way is they, they check your ideology from your speeches. And they realize that you are communist inclined or socialist inclined, then they approach you. But these are the two main ways. If they have something about you. So this is how the devil gets people. Is that when he has something about you that you know when you are on campus, when you are here, when you are in school, what this and that and that, he has something on you that he will recruit you to be a retired Moses, like a, a, a Moses who never comes out, or a minister who never manifests, or a servant of God who is forever retired. Satan will say, I'm linking you this, you'll be at Tigo forever. You are going to work for Tigo, okay? Never, never think of preaching. Never, never, these are your papers. I have this video about you, okay? Never issue. When people are thinking about working for God, you, you, never. This is a video. I have, I have three pages. <laughs> Only you. <laughs> Only you. This is how people are recruited to work for the devil or to do nothing for God. So, other question is that in all honesty are you not a sinner? How many realize that you are a sinner? Now you see the concern about you must only look at yourself in one, on there's only one reason that will make you look at yourself. Apart from that, I'm giving you the, apart from that never look at yourself again from today. Look always at the call. And say, God has called me. God wants me. God likes me. 
and I'll tell you that the moment where you have to look at yourself. That is the only time you must look and say, oh yeah, I slept with this person, I've smoked this before, I've taken that before, I've done all these things, KGB, satanic KGBs are using against you. I'll give you the moment and the only condition under which you are allowed to look at it. Other than that, don't look. Because otherwise you'll become like Moses and God will be angry. God will be God. That's why Moses never entered the promised land. All these things were in the background. You, you are working for me, but you will not enter. When I was calling you, you went, I went and brought Aaron, all this confusion, the people couldn't enter. You also not enter. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Today is Palm Sunday. Okay. We are also having our Palm Sunday here. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself. This is where you have to consider yourself. When judgment comes in, when you are judging somebody, or you are assessing somebody else, this is the only time Actually, there are two times. That's the main time that you are supposed to consider yourself. Consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. When people are judging others, they don't often consider themselves. If you consider yourself, you will be softer and calmer and nicer towards your beloved. No, you, you are beloved. You say your beloved is not good. She's not. You too, you are not a good beloved. It's only when you don't consider yourself that is when you become judgmental. That is when you must consider yourself. But when God is speaking to you and God is calling you, he has already seen your bad mistakes. And he says, I'm calling you. But when you are talking about another church or another chief elder or another pastor or another human being or another sister, that is when you must consider yourself. And when you consider yourself, you see that you say very little. Because you realize that you are one. You realize that what? You are one. That is when you must consider yourself. So consider, if you want to criticize me, consider yourself. Ask yourself, what have you done for God? When you ask yourself what you have done for God, how many times you have preached, how many years you have served God, and you want to criticize somebody who has been in the school that you are in. 20 years ago, I was here preaching. And I'm still preaching before you open your mouth to say something bad about me or about anybody who has been here before. Think about yourself and ask yourself that, will you even survive one more year? Just a year more, will you be able to make one more year? As you criticize another person, he says, when a brother is overtaken in a fault or somebody has a problem, Restore the person. In other words, let the person come back. And always think about yourself. That is the only time you have to think about yourself. Lest you also be... Because when you don't think about yourself, you become proud and you speak. One day I was looking at a sister. She has had so many different types of boyfriends from different countries. International boyfriends. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. And she was criticizing somebody. 
I said, wow. She had no mercy in her speech as she was talking about somebody else. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? You see, this is when you must consider the beam in your own eye. When you are thinking of making a comment. When you want to consider making a comment about somebody's moat. Those of you who are moat hunters. When you want to make a comment about a brother or a sister, then you must think of what is in your own eye and you will become, you will not even make that comment again. You will not judge that church. You will not speak against that pastor. You will shut up. And that is when you must consider yourself when you are trying to judge or criticize somebody. But when God is calling you, you are not supposed to think about yourself. Because if you are to think about yourself, you will never obey God. You will use it as a reason not to obey God. And all your life, I know a lot of people who feel, oh, I'm not the speaking type. Like me, I, I, I don't preach. When I heard Bishop Duncan William preach, I was here in school. He came to Commonwealth of to preach. He lifted up these three fingers that have bent in a candle. He said how a demon appeared to him and told him to put his fingers inside the candle. And he bent his fingers himself. No, nobody for he put his finger in the fire and bent them. And how God saved him, how he was going to gondola, pussycat, disco, keteke, uh, here. And I tell you, he preached Commonwealth, the Harden Vanda. They came, they gave their life to God. As I watched, I said, when I look at myself, I've not been to keteke before, I've not been to pussycat, I've not been to gondola, I've not done all the things he has said. I've never done smoking, drinking, nothing. I've not done. How can I also evangelize? I don't have fingers to raise and show these are my fingers. Demon, this and that. I don't have any such fantastic stories. If I was to have followed that, the assessment of myself, I would never be an evangelist. I, I would never preach. I always say, no, I am not this. I don't have this. I'm not like this. I cannot do this. I'm different from this. I am not like this. And I will never have obeyed God. Today I'm preaching. People give their life to Christ when I preach. I have my own way of encouraging people to be born again. Don't think about yourself in that way. There is only one moment when as soon as you start to see somebody go, no, look at yourself. Wait. Cool down. But as far as the call of when God says go, just think of yourself as a superman whom God has called. Because the Bible says, faithful is he that calls, who also will do it. God is the one who is, as I'm working, it's God who is doing it. If God touches your heart today, it's because God is touching your heart, not me. I'm not touching your heart. God is touching your heart. If you feel God calling you, it's not because I'm calling you. Because God is touching you. God is drawing you. God is encouraging you. God is bringing you to him. God likes you. That's what's happening. But it's not that I am calling people. No. So when it comes to judging, then in Luke 18 you see another guy who went to pray, which is at a time where a lot of people pass judgment. Look at Luke 18 as we end. Luke 18. Now, 
verse 9. And he spake this parable unto those who trusted themselves that they were righteous and despised others. It's that two men went to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed. He said, I thank you. I thank you. In Sierra Leone, they say, I thank you. I thank you that I am not as other men. I'm not an extortioner, unjust, adulterous, or even as this publican. The, the guy, there was a guy praying. There was a guy praying. He was first he was praying about imaginary people. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not and then as he opened his eyes, sometimes when you are praying, you open your eyes and he saw, Oh Lord, even this guy here, I thank you that I'm not like this. This guy. I fast twice. I give tithes of all that I possess. But the publican standing afar off, he would not lift up his eyes unto heaven, but smote his breast, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified more than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So again, in prayer, you can be judging other people. And when you say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the purity that I feel. I thank you for the purity that I feel within me. Oh, Jesus. Peace. There are some people, this type of righteous people, though. Some of, I mean, Wesley girls type of, I mean, they have never done something wrong before. Hey! You see them, it's like me. I've been, I've been lied before. I've been fornicated. Live pure. I've never fornicated before. I've not had a boyfriend before. I've not done anything but you've very feeling righteous. Judging others. That is where you have to remember who you are. That Charlie, you are nothing. You may be looking pure, living pure, being whatever. Eh? But you must remember you are a sinner. But as soon as God calls you, don't think about your badness. Don't think about your badness. As soon as it's God, God calling you, don't think about it. If we are to think about it, if Dr. Otterville was to think about it, he would say, I have not been to university. But he is the one rather who has built a university. I have not built a university. He rather has built a university. I have not, neither have I built a university, nor have any plans of ever building a university. Think about it. I who went to university, I don't have a university in mind. Yeah. Nor the plans. <laughs> nor the intention. Not the hidden vision. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. He rather. He, he, he should have said, Lord, I have not been to school. I'm not this. I'm not this. No. He rather. If Bishop Duncan Willow, he would have said, oh, but I used to smoke cocaine. But I was this. I was the that. I was the that. I should have been this. I was into the opera. I was. No. That's why I say that if you think of who you are, you will never obey God till you die. And you will fall into the hands of an angry God. You will think that you are this righteous working at Standard Chartered Bank. It's as for you, you are moral, you don't do whatever. Or you, you are a doctor, you don't commit fornication, you don't commit a, a, a abortion, you don't do this. You don't, it's like I'm Mrs. Good and Madam Good and I'm Mr. Righteous. But today God is calling you. 
Don't make the mistake of falling into the hands of an angry God. Bible says, and God was angry with Moses. Why? For his fornication? No! No! For his, his resistance and for his examining himself. It's not depending on you. It depends on God. It depends on God. It depends on God. It does not depend on you. And God has plans. You are the last day messengers. I'm telling you. You are the last day Moses. The last day, the last day Elijah. The last day Deborah. The last day Mary Magdalene. You are the last day Moses. That God is raising up. And God is depending on you. If you like anger God. And he will pick us up. And anytime a person utters a word against those people. Big troubles will come. You wait and see. Yeah. Because he, God is using people. And you wonder that. So, this man who's committing all these sins, why is it that nothing happens to him? Aaron. Those Aaron's, they are not originally people that God would have. God, God himself in his word, he says, when you are choosing a pastor, he should not be a novice, he should not be a drunkard, he should not be this, he should not. God himself has had to go around those scriptures to be calling all kinds of characters who don't fall into those categories. Yeah. And as he's choosing, if you like, speak. You will see everybody will die. Everyone will be there moving like this. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's why they live long. They are a product of God's anger which has not finished being, being spent. It's spent on those who criticize. It's spent on all other things that are not his original plan. He, he, he never wanted it. Everyone was not in the picture. It was out of anger that such people came in. So please, I hope in your generation you will not allow God to go and bring people because you were Mrs. Goody. Wesley girls live pure. Look, it's not I have anything against Wesley girls. Uh, my wife is from Wesley and my daughter is a Wesley girl. How many Wesley girls do I have here? Aha, uh-huh, they are here. Hey! Sister Goody. Ask your brother, are you Mr. Mr. Good? Mr. Good. Mr. Righteous. Mr. Never Do Wrong. Mr. No Mistakes. Mr. Correcto Perfecto. Hey! My father had a horse called Correcto Perfecto. Correcto Perfecto. It's like Chalebuele, you are a mean, a mean upright. Well, actually, you are upright. You are a man of integrity. And you are a sister of integrity and goodness. Hey! But your great mistake is to not say, yes, Lord. Here am I. That's when you become evil. Because as for the murder, fornication, we are all in it. We are in it already. Hey! How many are in it already? Some of you, you are raising your hand. You think theoretically you are in it, but actually you are not in it. You are in it. I'm telling you that you are one. You are one. You are one. Don't fall. Tell your neighbor, don't fall into the hands of an angry God. Tell your neighbor, don't fall into the hands of an angry God. It's time to become a last day Moses. A last day messenger. In Jesus' name. Stand to your feet and let's pray. Hallelujah. Consider yourself only when we are praying. Let us lift our hand and pray. We are praying, so we must consider ourselves. 
Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your mercy. When God is looking for somebody and God sends a message to you that he's searching for someone, someone to do his will, someone to sing for him, someone to send, someone to preach, someone to go and give a message, someone to say something for him. Who are you to say, I am not eloquent, I am slow, I am dull, no one will believe me. When God says, who has made your mouth, who made you how you are, I have called you, says the Lord. I have called you, I have sent you, I have sent you to the nation, I have sent you to the desert, I have sent you to the barren places, I have sent you to the dark places of the earth, I have sent you as, as raiders and evangelists and as servants of the Most High to go there and shine a torch and shine a light and lift up the standard of Christ and lift up the name and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have sent you, I have called you. You must give yourself to my work. You must give yourself to my will. You must allow yourself to be used. You must allow yourself to be sent. You must say, yes, Lord, here I am. Here I am with all my troubles, with all my deficiencies, with all my mistakes, with all my ways. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Father, thank you for the ones that you are sending today. Thank you for the last day messengers, the last day Moseses, the last day daughters and sons of the Most High God who are called to something better, something higher, something more noble, something beautiful, something holy. The fragrance of Christ, the, the precious ointment is upon their head. The torch and the flame is upon their lips and upon their forehead. For they shall go forth shining your word, shining your light. They shall bring light to the dark places, to the darkest corners, uh, the habitations of devils and foul beds. They shall come with your light of the gospel and they shall bring deliverance to those that are in captivity, those that are, that are down there in the darkness, chained by Satan, chained by demons, chained by evil spirits. They shall release them. They shall unlock the padlocks uh, and set the captives free. They shall set them free to come out of darkness and to walk and this man and those ladies shall rejoice in you for you have sent messengers who were obedient into the darkest places of the earth to do your will and to obey you. We thank you for you are doing a great thing. Lift your hand and sing it. I want to be like Jesus. Oh, I, I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. I want to be more like Jesus. are sitting. They are tied with chains with many padlocks. 
there is no hope for them. But suddenly I see hope coming. Because I see somebody coming out of the first love church with a torch. Coming into the dungeon. Entering the dungeon. And saying to those that are in the dungeon, your deliverance has come. I have a key to open the chains that have chained you. And I see deliverance. I see those captives being released and being brought out of the dungeon. And I see them following you out of the dungeon, out of captivity, into a glorious life. Now I see a road and I see a lot of people jumping on the road and dancing. Who are these people who are dancing? Who are these people who are lifting up their hands and rejoicing? These are the same people who used to be in the dungeon, who God sent you to rescue and take out of the hole of darkness and redness. They are the same people. I see a large crowd. They are singing and they are clapping. They are singing and they are clapping. Some of them have drums. Some of them have tambourines. They are rejoicing. And I see the glory of God upon their lives. Who are these? Where did they come from? They came from the holes. They came from the dungeons. They came from the chains and the prisons. That Satan had bound them. And God set them free through his obedient servant. And his last name Moses and last name messengers whom he raised up. Father, I thank you. For this vision is true. It's sure it shall come to pass. For out of this congregation shall come obedient ones, faithful ones, ones who will go out, ones who will go far, who will go near, who will cross rivers and oceans, who will go to the dark places and the place of wickedness and say in the name of the Lord, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. For they shall come in the name of the Lord to do a great work. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for you have already established it. Thank you that, yes, we dance, yes, we rejoice. But we remember those that are waiting and those that are hoping and those that are expecting us to come and save them and deliver them. Father, we thank you for this great deliverance and work of deliverance has come to your church and to your people today. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Just thank God right now for the vision. Thank God for the calling. Thank God for his deliverance, his breakthrough, his answer, and his blessing. Thank God above all that you will not live a life where God will be angry with you. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.